Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Keisha Green, that's my lady, yo. 8 to 10, tune in, it's the way to go. Educated author with major goals. I've been coming right here, you have the place to be. It's a poor get mentored and it's all for free. Ooh, we, and you know where it's at. With Miss Green on the right side of the chat. I write with a purpose, so everything is worth it. An educated platform, something you can work with. Read it, yeah, come over here. Come and get the info from some of your peers. Pull over line, yeah, we got open air. Talk what you love and express what you fear. Afraid to lose, but born to win. Hey, Miss Keisha, yeah, we're trying to go win. Come on. Hello and welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. This is Keisha Green. Tonight we have a great show. I am going to talk to two super talented women. But first up, we're going to talk to Sharon Monet. And then later on in this um, hour, we're going to talk to Tony Moore. But let me give you a little bit about Miss Monet. As the founder and owner of Penn Legacy, Miss Monet has been recognized as a literary game changer who doesn't mind adapting words into legacies. She's authored 10 books, co-authored four, published over 25 new authors, written and produced three theatrical productions, contributed to more than 20 book anthologies worldwide, and was hired to adapt other novels into the, um, theatrical scripts. Okay, look, she is doing her thing. Okay, she is that chick. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, then she even had the opportunity to produce and premiere her own sold-out stage play, Get Out of Your Own Way, in Hollywood, California, and Times Square, New York. Go, girl. And utilizing many of the same tactics commonly used today, Ms. Monet has gave a new meaning to what it means to share your truth and exemplifies just how far your truth will take you from her then unprecedented writing techniques to the continuously innovative ways in which she uses social issues, current events, timeless messages, and her expertise on script writing and storytelling. Sharon remains a cutting-edge writer who pushes all the boundaries. Okay, so, like, do we even got to interview her? Like, <laughs> like, can we, like, just send, like, can we get her autograph? And then, like, cause it's like, are we worthy to chat with her? But she's such a sweetheart. She's such a sweetheart, but we are going to bring her in on the call right now because this is like, well, I'm going to let her tell it, but this is a special, special, special show. So let me bring her in, but oh, my goodness, this is awesome. Hey, lovely lady. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I don't even know what to say. Hello. You are that shit. Hey. <laughs> hey, girl. How are you? Oh, what? How uh, no, don't be all shy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, stop it! You I'm are trying too, to put too my, kind. I'm trying to put my. I'm trying to put my humble voice on right now. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, first, let me say congratulations. Congratulations before we even get any further. 
Like, seriously, I remember many moons ago you were on the Writer's Life chat with one book, and now look at you. Yes. That was 2010. Where it all started, I'm back home. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me ask you this. When you came, when you were there 10 years ago on the show, you were with a publisher, and now you are the publisher. What did you learn that made you want to get into the front seat? That's bald. That's boss moves right there. (laughs) Last time I came, I was under a publishing company. Now I'm back, and I am the girl. That's that's boss moves right there. That's savage. I'm trying to tell you. (laughs) But it really... (laughs) <laughs> like that's that right there is a whole word, but um, it literally I I did not step in 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 this position because I really wanted to, to be completely hundred mm-hmm. percent honest with you. I was perfectly okay being published and authored. Um, okay, but I had a lot of friends and a lot of you know sorority sisters that was just like, hey, what about us? Mm. So it really was the not to say the, so much the pressure, but it really was the the I guess it was a need that you know a lot of the people that I knew wanted you know to be authors or wanted to get their stories and stuff out there, but but didn't have the doors and opportunities you know such as myself. So instead of mm-hmm. me being selfish, I said, okay, you know what? Let me learn this other side. And, you know, now it's doors for other people. Okay. So now let me ask you this. Go, starting out with the publisher, and so you, at that point, you were okay being in the backseat. Then you networked, mm-hmm. and it was like, hey, there's, um, there's other people who want to do the same thing, so let me learn the business. But right. when you were making the transition, did you find that, it was harder than what you thought or were you just going to embrace it and make it happen? It literally, it was just something that because it was so much interest out there for me and, you know, people face, not FaceTiming me, but like Facebook and Twitter and, you know, contacts and email. It literally was just something that it was like, okay, you know what? Let me just go ahead and make this happen. Let me learn what it is that I need to learn. Let me, you know, mm-hmm. study on this side because I already had the author side. So it was just more right. or less something that was just like, okay, it, this has to work because I had people depending on me. Like once okay. I get in a position where what I do affects other people, I have to go all in. Because the last thing that I want, I'm very big on my name and I'm very big on my reputation. I never want to jump okay. into something for the sake of people and then it ends up affecting who I've already established as myself because Sharon started this business 27 years ago as a writer and an author. So I already had years in as an author, and then I jumped into the music industry, and then I jumped into theater. This was all before I even became a publisher. So it was like, okay, Mm -hmm. since the need is out here, learn it, embrace it, and then the best thing that I did for me, too, was I published my own book first before I started mm. touching anybody book. So that was something that I always do for me. Any new project I take on or any new, you know, brand or business that I take on, I'm the guinea pig first. 
I never test and try anything out on anybody. Mm-hmm. So I started Pen Legacy Publishing with my book, Love the Real You. So I, you know, I got my ISBN number. I, I remember you got to go through the editing process and you got to go through this process and you got to go through this process. So I, I test out my company before I said, yes, we're open for business. And for that, it kind of made it easier when other people started mm-hmm. coming. Cause I was like, yep, I've already like, you know, cleaned out all the, the spider webs and the issues and the, the this that's going to happen and this going to happen. So by the time my first client started, which was my sorority sister who asked me to start this, it was literally was so now I'm going to ask you this. You said it was a, sounds pretty much like a simple process, but what obstacles did you encounter, if any? Um, I think for me it was really, now that I was on my own, was really building my name as the publisher okay. and getting okay. people to trust that part. Because everybody knew Sharon as the author or as the playwright, but when it came to the book publisher, it was like, okay, let me see her work first. Just like anything else, people got to, you know, mm-hmm. people got to watch you go through the process. So it really was mm-hmm. me really now understanding a marketing piece. Because before when I was okay. a publisher, I had help. I kind of right. sat back and watched things unfold. But when it came to mm-hmm. now me being everything, it was like, okay, let me learn this piece. And then it was like, okay, so, okay, I'm, more, I'm publishing the book, but how do I keep the books moving? So that was right. like my biggest obstacle because, like I said, it was just me. And then it was like, okay, should I hire a publicist? Should I hire a marketing rep? Should I hire this? Should I hire that? So it was really trying to make it all make sense. And then at that time, I, outside of my typesetter and book cover person, I literally was doing everything when it came mm. to publishing. So I was right. running all of it. So it was like, okay, so how do you do this? And how do you do this? No, how do you get this? Or, you know, like it was literally, I was a one-woman show. But right. my thing was that I didn't want to just sit and publish people's books because, I mean, people can publish their own books, for real, for real. But mm-hmm. what was going to make me stand out? What marketing or what tools would I be able to give them that would make it make sense without me just saying, hey, pay me out, I'll publish your book. So marketing and really understanding how to market and advertise and keep your book in the industry was something that was the biggest challenge. I'm happy I figured it out, but when I first started and coming on my own, that was my big thing. Like, okay, the books are out, but they're not moving. What's wrong? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You have to learn the market. You have to also, too, um, as a fellow publisher myself, I think oftentimes we forget that before you put the book out, we need to learn the audience. What genre are you writing in? So there's for each genre, right. there's an audience, and you need to know right. that audience. If you have an audience that's already built in that likes romance, but you're about to put out science fiction, you cannot assume that they're going to embrace that book because they're not. Right. It's about you knowing the audience. So if they're fans of romance, you have to now, the same way that you've got that audience of romance, you got to find another one for science fiction. 
Absolutely. You know, and, and that was one I of the things that I learned that. was categories. Mm-hmm. Once I started understanding the whole categories and who need what, when, how, why, and then hashtags and this, like it literally, like you say, if you're doing this type of book, then every, every time you change genre, you literally change your audience. So everybody needs a new marketing plan. The same way exactly. I market my first book, which was poetry, is not the same way mm-hmm. I'm going to market uh, my, a self-help book. So it's literally right. breaking down the industry, coming up with a plan. Even before, like, my, like while I'm writing the book, I'm planning the marketing strategy out. So, therefore, when right. the book is finally released, everything flows in order. But definitely Absolutely. understanding that mar- marketing was a beast for me at first. It was like, okay, these are my categories. This is, this is, this is my audience. Okay, but where they at now? How do I sell to them? What am I doing? Right, right. So mm-hmm. that, that was my thing. That was one of my biggest challenges to try to figure out. Because, I mean, we all can write a book. I mean, Amazon right. has shown and proved that anybody can become a published author, <laughs> like literally. Right. That's the easy part. That is the easy part. I say it all the time that it is so easy to sit in front of your computer and write the book. The real job is not only mm-hmm. publishing it because to produce it, if you just like you just said, with Amazon, all you're doing is taking a document that's in your computer and uploading. So, and uploading. And, uh, you know, a click, you're clicking, you're pressing a button, and voila, it's there. The hard part is the marketing, the advertisement, and yep. the promotion of it. And that, you know, going double backing on that whole knowing the audience. And a lot of times, because I do literary consults, and surprisingly, the authors, they think that when I ask them, so what's your marketing plan? They say, oh, well, I'm going to promote it on Facebook and on Instagram. And, and that's, that's not it. Have. And that's, <laughs> and not, that's it. not it. That's not, <laughs> not it. That's not it. Sorry. Mm, that's not no. a plan. Not at that's all. That's not a plan. It's such, that plays such a tiny role, you know. And I yeah. ask them, like, what's your budget? What's your budget? And I think sometimes they get, I don't want to say the word is offended, but I think they feel like, okay, maybe I'm out of my league now because I don't have a bunch of money for this marketing. It doesn't have to be thousands of thousands of dollars for marketing, but you should have something set aside for advertisement. Whomever you're absolutely. going to Absolutely. You, you just have to, absolutely. Have to be Absolutely. And you need a budget for marketing and advertising, not just advertising. Because mm-hmm. you right. can say all right. day on Facebook, buy my book. My book is out, buy my book. But just because you say it don't mean it's going to be sold. Um, so I got I one even better, Sharon. At... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was, I was just going to say anybody can, you know, I look at advertising as something real mediocre. My goal of how I sustain as an author is marketing. I, I have a bigger marketing budget than I do advertising. Because, I mean, I can advertise myself. Right. And nobody's going, nobody's going to promote you better than you. But, um, you know, double backing on with, you know, using social media. How about this? Mark Zuckerberg and all those fancy people at Facebook, you can sit there and post that Amazon link all day long, but they're not mm-hmm. going to show it. They're only going to show a little. You might show it once or twice. It'll get lost in the shuffle. And you'll feel yep. like, oh, um, my book's not selling. Your book is not selling because you're not promoting it. But I was on. I was absolutely on Facebook no. Don't mean nothing. No, and promoting <laughs> is not posting. <laughs> Let's be clear. Promoting right. Is There's not a posting. difference. Engage. 
engagement. That's something different. (laughs) You can post all day, buy my book, buy my book, but are you engaging people when you say buy my book? No. You know? Child, no. No. That's why I've seen some posts where people just say buy my book. And I'm like, wow, that's it? That's that's all you got is buy my book. Right, that nothing else is just like buy my book or what I do see happening um, as of lately because it's happened to me plenty of times on my own page. Um, I have a diverse group of people. I talk about various topics, but let's mm-hmm. just say, for example, if I said, hey, hey, um, guys, ladies, post me your favorite selfie, okay? So right. everyone's coming over with their selfies, they're posting it, and there's always one out of the bunch that just has to do it. They have to say, oh, well, I got a book on selfies. Yes. And so so here they come with this link. Now, somebody might say, girl, you better promote that book any way you can at all times. And I'm not against that because this is coming from a woman who keeps books in her trunk. But there's a right. time and place. Yes. Time and place. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes if you just sit and post your book all the time, I just, sometimes you get deleted. Because exactly. I often tell oh, people, I'm... you can post your book, you can promote your book, but if it's on the wrong form, what, why are you there? Like, you're not even there to engage on a proper topic. It's still respect. Right. If I'm talking exactly. about alligator season here in Florida, and you talking about, oh, I got a book on alligators, I'm, that, I'm talking about Florida. This is not your time to sell. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> we got to respect the platform. Exactly. And I think that sometimes people, they get it misconstrued. It's like, oh, well, I was promoting my book. No, you weren't. You actually mm-hmm. messed up the rhythm of what was going on. on a Over right conversation. Book. Yes. Now, if I said <laughs> if anybody has a book to talk about alligators, then that would be correct. But if I'm just talking about that it's mating season of alligators and alligators is walking around Florida like it's, you know, Free spirit, then mm-hmm. you have to you have to you have to know your place. You have to know your place. You have to know your lane. Because sometimes we and I tell sometimes people promote wrong, and then they get mad. Right. Like there, that's why that's why I always say it's marketing first, then promotion. Mm-hmm. Know who you're talking mm-hmm. to before you just say you know you start dropping links. Because I may not be your audience. I may not, exactly. I mean, I'm a book publisher and I'm an author, but I may not want to read your book. Like, you got to see if I'm even your audience. Exactly. And you, another, I want to put this literary jewel out there, stop believing your friends and your family is your audience, and they are not obligated to buy your book. Thank you. I said it. <laughs> Thank you. You just put that on a shirt. <laughs> you need to put that on a shirt. Like, people People get yes. mad, and it's like, what are you mad for? That your your best friend from high school is not your target audience, and your baby daddy isn't your target audience either. It's just and I teach my authors, and I teach my authors never target your family or friends. If you're going into this business expecting your family and friends to buy your book, don't waste my time. Your your feelings going to be hurt. They're not going to yeah. do it, and it's going to crush you. And you're going to end up saying, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to do this again. 
But if you walk right. into this industry expecting greater, which is mine, because I'm always, I aim for my strangers. My strangers keep me in business. My Thank friends you. and family Thank keep you. me celebrated. But my strangers mm-hmm. keep me in business. So when you change your mindset and thinking, okay, you know, I come from a big family and I belong to this church and I have this going on and I know all these people and half of them don't buy your book and now you're crushed and now you're like, okay, I don't want to do this no more because it didn't turn out the way to take the expectation off and change. Again, who's your audience? Just because you have exactly. a book doesn't mean that they have to buy it. They may not read that book. Like my right. mother, like, my mother loves Urban Lit. Child is crazy. Mm-hmm. My mom will get her little gangster books, as she call them, and she in worldwide heaven. Even though my mom <laughs> does have majority of my books, you can't tell. If you ask my mom how many of my books she read, she'll say, um, is there any shooting in it? No? Okay. <laughs> Stay in the closet. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know what's on page 14. Like, I'm realistic. <laughs> I know who my audience is. And, you, like, you have to know. You have to know who you're talking to. And, and that's why I tell, stuff, I tell people, like, my book's not for everybody. If you want to support mm-hmm. it, perfect. But if it's not for you, I'm definitely okay with that because I didn't write this book with you in mind. Exactly. Exactly. That's And that's that's definitely something that, we want to um, – we got to tell people this all the time. These jewels, they're not to offend or to upset, but it's to be realistic. If you – once you understand, you know, one of, my, right. one of my things about this business, the hashtag is books are a business, when you start to treat this as a mm-hmm. business, then you will understand it better. This is not a hustle. This is not a gig. This is something to do to pass the mm-hmm. time. You know, we talk, we often people talk about having – you know, multiple lines of income, you know, streams of income. Right. And, yes, being an author is, you know, can be one of them. As long as you know the business, you know the ins and outs of it. Does it happen overnight? Absolutely not. Absolutely I've been in this 14 not. years, and this publishing game changes often. Every often. day. For Girl. real. <laughs> For real. Every day. Every time I see Like, it, now, I got because no. I got I distribute through Inglesparks, and now they're even changing. They have this thing yep. now where they can tell you the health of your book. I'm like, what? Okay. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. literally like, and I, I mean, I'm kind of happy because, I mean, I remember when I first started, you ain't have all this stuff. The, the literary game wasn't no. this celebrated or, oh, my God, I have to get a book out. Like, it, it was literally right. only the strong can survive. Like, you ain't have all right. this going on now. It wasn't just a simple upload. Like, you meant business. So I'm kind of exactly. happy exactly. that, you know, we we coming back to something that makes sense. But you definitely mm-hmm. don't take this floor because it definitely it will hurt your feelings. And then I tell people, yes, it's an investment. Definitely. Whether you, you, you paying someone to do it or you're paying yourself trying to get through it, it's still an investment. So if you're going to invest money into this, please make sure you, you, you in it for the long haul and you know what you're doing. Because even though, yes, books are a business, but you want to create a business that's going to sustain you. And you want Hello. your books to keep moving. Like, that's my thing. Like, I don't care when my last book was, that book better still send me some royalties. There you go. It's about having, I call it literary real estate. It's all about having that real estate on yep. the board and, you know, it making money for you. So now shifting gears a little bit, 
we discussed, like at the beginning, you know, I told them, you know, the listeners about everything that you have going on and just listening to you, obviously, you know, you can tell that you are knowledgeable in this publishing industry and, you know, the ins and outs. So what's next for you? Well, May 10th, we actually, Penn Legacy Publishing actually celebrates five years that we have been in business. Yes, um, yes, girl, <laughs> girl, something that wasn't supposed to even happen. Um, so May 10th, we're celebrating five years, and on that day, we're releasing um, my fifth and last book anthology, Slayer Legacy, um, mm-hmm. which I'm, like, super excited of. We just finished off our um, Slayer Legacy a virtual summit this weekend, this past weekend. We're supposed to celebrate in Atlanta, but COVID destroyed those plans. Um, so mm-hmm. we literally just had an amazing weekend. That book comes out May 10th. And now that my co-author hat is off, because child, I'm tired. I did five books in two years. Mama is tired with the <laughs> book anthologies, even though I'm happy to serve and, you know, help people get their stories out there. It's time for the author hat to come back on. And my return mm-hmm. to the industry, uh, my book, When Shift Happens, I so love that title because it just makes me feel like I'm like every time I say it. You know, like I got the, <laughs> you know, I got the North Philly girl coming back out. You know, I say, you got to learn how to play with words. Um, but When Shift Happens, that book is going to come out July of this year. And I am super excited to go back to just author. Sharon mm-hmm. She shall return after two years. My last book came out in 2018. So this is like a two-year mm-hmm. break for me as just solo. Girl, it's been a long time since I had a book. Oh, my me. goodness. So I'm excited. Awesome. You should be. You should be excited, um, you know, and proud of your accomplishments that you've done in the five years. Um, where can people keep up with you, stay in the loop with you. Definitely either website. They have pinlegacy.com or they have sharamone.com or they can hit me up on social media, sharamone uh, on Facebook. I am sharamone on Instagram and definitely pinlegacy on Twitter. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the Writer's Life Chat. This is awesome. Ten years ago, you started. I you were know, a newbie, right? and you were my very first now. interview. My very first <laughs> interview and my first book, my first solo book came out. My side of the story. Yes, you were I my very first interview. I know, but what's even better is that we're both still here. We're I, still here. Look at look at Jesus. See? And doing better this, it's now, a honey, thing. evolving. Hello? Exactly. It's nothing but about growth and just like the, um, you know, like you said, evolving, like, you know, and we're still not done. There's so much, you know, no, there's, no, you know no. we're still destined for more greatness. So it's definitely an honor and a privilege to be in this position, but I get to talk to people like yourself who are knowledgeable, who are engaging, and it's like, oh, my God, because it never feels like an interview on the Writer's Life Chat for me. I'm like, I'm always just catching never. up with my friends. Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it's like you're talking now. to your homegirl. 
Oh, had got mm-hmm. some tea in hand, and you like, what's popping in the literary industry? Right. <laughs> exactly. We just so have a book talk. This book talk right now. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it's all about. It's, uh, that's what it's all about. I've never had someone come back and, you know, say like, oh, I didn't want to do the show. You know, they all say, I was nervous. But, oh, my God, Keisha, you made it so warm and inviting because that's what it's about. It shouldn't feel like an interview. It should never feel like an it interview. Shouldn't. Nope. Nope. Not at all. It's just having, we having a conversation talking about what you do the best. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. So I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Now we're going into our that next segment where we're going to talk to, to Tony Moore. I'm going to put you back in the queue so you can listen. But thank you so much. And no I no wish problem. you nothing, so much for having me. nothing but greatness for you. For real. This is awesome. Thank you. And I'm going to put you, likewise. You are welcome. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to put you back in the queue. Okay, so we just chopped it up with the lovely Sharon Monet, and now we're going into our next segment with Tony Moore. Tony Moore Esquire is an attorney, author, um, who is committed to helping women become savvy CEOs in every aspect of their lives. Tony Moore is a first-generation college student who graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and attended the Temple University Beasley School of Law. Tony is a licensed attorney in the state of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, attained a, excuse me, LIM in taxation, certifications and group insurance, and retirement benefits. She teaches nonprofit compliance, public policy, super sold leadership, and previously maintained an insurance license, mortgage broker's license, so like and investment licenses. So, again, I have the awesome, awesome privilege of talking to yet another dope superstar who happens to be an author and, and an attorney. So this is good. So we can get the legal eagle and the author part of it all rolled into one. So let me bring her on so we can chat with the lovely Tony Moore. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the Writer's Life Chat. Hello. Hello. Oh hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. No problem. So now let's just jump right into it, okay, because the Writer's Life Chat is about authors in the literary world. Let's talk, we'll go into rather when did you decide that you wanted to write a book? Let's start there. Mm, you know what? I I always wanted to write a book, but and I've always played uh, Sharon Monet, who is my pen legacy extraordinaire boss lady. She um, keeps threatening to come to my house, obviously after COVID, <laughs> and um, that's my computer and monetize all of the content that I create because I'm a creative. Mm-hmm. If you're creative like me, you know we always creating, but I'm not monetizing. Mm-hmm. So I've always, okay. but the reason that what pulled the trigger was another author who um, helps people. She's, uh, she helps people like ghostwriting and things like that. She said on one of her lives, um, pretty much like you're not, you're not, she didn't say it to me, but it convinced she pretty much was like, you don't, she said, you don't complete anything because you don't think you're worthy. Something like that. I mean, it's been a couple of years, but it just convicted me, and that's what I heard. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm sabotaging myself. So, you mm. know, because I would start a book and stop a book and start a book and stop a book. And then, so that was one thing because I was writing a book cause, uh, about just, like, starting a business. 
you know how y'all, we always say, look, I can't help everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's how right. I got started. But I never finished it because I'd be like, I got stuck on the name. Then I got stuck on the title. Then I got stuck <laughs> on how long I should have it. Then I got stuck on whether it should be lawyerly or it should be, you know, something that my authors and my creatives can appreciate. And then I just ended up being stuck because I had too many questions and it, I wasn't on a conquest to finish. So once I got on a conquest to finish, you know, that that's when I finished. Okay. Wow. So, like, you had the content there, but you needed that push <laughs> mm-hmm. to take it to the next level. You just need a little push, mm-hmm. a little slight nudge, because you would just want to sit there with it. Okay. So, better late playing than never. Around. So, now, <laughs> just playing around. I mean, because, I, I you know, I'm going to um, say that or ask you, was it a little bit of fear? Um, I will say, because um, I'm a big one of my brands, because transparency <laughs> leads to transformation. So I will say, from my background, um, I did not want to present something that other people could reject. So I'm sure that okay. that was something deep down on the inside of me, that if I actually finished it, then I'd have to promote it, then I'd have to invite, because a couple of times I did do stuff like that and nobody would show up. So for real, though, mm-hmm. we creators, we don't like being rejected. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. I can dig it. So now, listening, I'm listening to, you know, what you're saying and, you know, reading up on you, you're this author, you're this attorney, but you want to also help women become CEOs. What title mm-hmm. do you like more? Or is boss it, legal like, diva like extraordinaire? <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Look, you get I made that up myself. <laughs> you know how we do. We put it all together. All together. Okay. So, well, let me ask you this. You started out with law, but you got into being an author. And now upon mm-hmm. coming into the industry, what mm-hmm. are some things that you have learned? Yes. Um, so upon coming into the industry, one, I have learned, and somebody tried to argue with me, but she forgot I'm a lawyer from the hood who who learned how to make herself be poised so I can become profitable. Okay. But we can turn it off and we can turn it up whenever we need to. So I reminded her because she's in the esteemed publishing worlds, and she is an agent, a book agent, um, and she talks to a lot of the publishers. I said, let me just tell you something. One thing I know for sure is that this book publishing is gangster, like the music records um, company. So Hello. to me, never lie. you know, if you're a creative and you don't have the business, business acumen, then the people who aren't creative will control, all and delete when you're broke keep you broke and then they'll bankroll your brilliance over and over again. So, and I don't like that because to me, that's like bullying someone and keeping them relegated. And I'm from the, I'm from a bad situation. My mom was abused. And so something inside of me don't like to see women being abused and it's not physically abused, but that economic abuse is just as bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. 
Um, and I think that this industry, well, you know, I'm going to take that back. I'm not going to say I think I know because 14 years in, I've seen it. Um, this industry does not care. And if they can make money off of you, use you, manipulate mm-hmm. you, deceive you, whatever, they will. And they'll look you straight yeah. in your face and smile while they're doing such. And you'll be so caught up in the hoopla because there are a lot of green new authors who are just happy to be published that they don't read the contract mm-hmm. that they sign. They end up signing five books away, and then they come back to social media and cry, my publisher is stealing from me. Well, did you read the contract? It said that you um you signed away five books and that you only were going to get 5% in royalties. Right. Oh, that's what it right. said? Yeah, that's what it said. You were supposed to read that contract. Don't just skim through the first and the second line and sign it. And that's a lot of what has happened. I've seen it. Nobody's reading contracts. And I said, oh, my goodness, that's step number one, (laughs) you know. So it's it's rough. Or or they are reading contracts. I will say, or they are reading contracts, but they're not negotiating from a place of power. Because I have a client. She did read the contract. She didn't understand it, but she hired me, and I broke it down. And I was pretty much like, no forgetting. I was like, right now you are face down, assets up. You know what I mean? And they're going to grab all these assets, and they're going to give 15% of net royalties. And your advance mm-hmm. is advance on the net. So you're looking at literally, if they sell the book for $25, after it's all said and done, you make it $2. So, Lord, forgive me again, but now you have become a $2 chick. See, I cleaned it up, but I'm from the hood. And you call it $2 chick, okay? <laughs> I love I'm just the way saying. You it's good. <laughs> yes, praise the Lord. See, I have, I have to clean it up because sometimes my alter ego, Shay Shay, show up. And I'm like, no, because I am poised to be profitable. I can be booty get you get a ratchet because sometimes that's what my people need to hear so that I can let mm-hmm. them know I hear them and I see them and I'm right there where they are. But don't be assets, you know, face down, assets up because you don't know. Right. Now, unfortunately, as a God girl, I will say that a lot of us are ended up like Esau where we are negotiating from a hard place in a space because we're desperate for mm-hmm. something, some substance, some recognition, somebody to say that we're good enough, somebody to just just be like, take that hunger pain, that thirst away. So I get that. Unfortunately, right. people understand that as well, and they play on it. You know what I mean? So if they see that you're mm-hmm. awesome and amazing, especially the bigger publishers, if they see that you have a following, they, they're just going to just pretty much control all and delete on your brilliance, and they're going to bankroll mm-hmm. your, 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 your influence and create the real income. But they have oh, raised yeah. themselves so well, even with the record companies, because when I talk to my creatives, I'm talking to both my musicians, my singers, and my writers, because most of us have either written a song, written a book, written poetry, written something that we have won, mm-hmm. not recorded it, allow other people to nick and dime on it, or feel so awesome and amazing that somebody actually appreciates us and let us come to the table that they just pretty much hear our ideas, because when there's no recordation of that brilliance, then it's just merely an idea that, guess what, there's no protection on that. 
So anytime I get a chance mm-hmm. to have a conversation, I'm like, I get it. I'm a creative too. And I'm so creative that I don't even take my computer outside because I know that there's coins that sitting in that memory. But at the same time, I'm also a lawyer and I'm getting so tired of us creatives not being able to bankroll our brilliance, our, us creatives still waiting mm-hmm. for somebody to give us an advance, but they're taking away the publishing rights. There's this one company, right. let me just say, it totally changed everything for me because one of my clients, you know, she and her um, partners are always in litigation. So that's a lot, that's unfortunate right there, always in litigation with one another. And then they can't sit mm-hmm. at the table so that they can level up, so that they can just get a distribution deal and make some real money. See, we still so mm-hmm. in, involved in the Chitlin Circuit ish that we not really right. we the still real money. Fighting over exactly. Right. Yes. Yes, because we need to be validated and we need somebody to see right. us and appreciate us and acknowledge our voice. They just we'll wanna be seen. That. Wanna be wanna yes. be seen. I said um I forgot who said the quote. It might have even been the rapper Fabulous. He says there's some people who don't wanna work, they just wanna see their name on the flyer. And mm. some people are just that content. That just with the name mm. being on the flyer. And it's like, wow. And at first when I heard that, I said, hmm. But it's total, it makes total sense because sometimes they don't – it's not that they don't want to help. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. So it's cool mm-hmm. enough to say, well, did you, see, did you see the flyer? Did you see the flyer? No, I didn't see the flyer. Why don't you sell it? Why don't you sell it? They can't sell it because they don't know. So it's like one of those mm-hmm. things. So, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying, Tony. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Mm-hmm. So now um, let me ask you this. Now, with the, mm-hmm. the author, the attorney, now you said that um, you want to help women become CEOs. Is it where they come to you and they say, I have a dream, like I want to start to sell lip gloss. I want to open up my own, you know, hair salon. What is it that you're helping them do? Or is it a, a specific industry you're working with them in? Well, I'm glad you asked. I actually have something uh, called the Future Millionaires Club, right? And that's for women in business. If you're starting up, ideally you at least six months to a year because you got to understand it's not just a hope, dream, and a prayer. It's actually a business entity that you are going to pimp for your success. I just came up with that, but I got to make it a pool no. more profitable, you know. But but really, that's what I really want them to do is to make a, a um, to pimp their brilliance in business. So if whatever the vehicle is, if it's a makeup line, you know, we work on that. If it's a um, fashion line, we I work with people on that. With regards to um, mm-hmm. publishers, you know, I help out with the publishing deal because to me. It's just literally like once you have a process, it does. It's like a record company. You can play country. I don't. It doesn't really matter if that's what shines your light. It's still a process that I'm gonna go through. To, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To just check and make sure that you have it, that you have the framework, that you have the brilliance, that you um hitting some milestones and some goals, that you are networking with people who can help you up level your success, and more importantly, that you don't get pimped out. Mm. There, that part, that part, mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> Emphasis on that part because a lot of people, it's happening, and it happens right under their noses because they're just like, you know, la 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 la, like they're just lost, like just not even paying attention. Right. So that's definitely. I got wrong. a, I got a five hundred thousand dollar advance, but that's an advance that you have to pay back right. at two dollars right. a unit. 
Right. You know they what I mean? Like that part or real. they don't know. Yeah. Or the publishing company. Exactly. Oh, I got a publishing deal. Yeah, but guess what? They take they, they have your copyright through the right. life of the copyright, oh, which goodness. is 70 years. It's de- your oh, life plus goodness. 70 years. Say that. And with that, I have to put in this literary jewel, please, authors, copyright your material. It is nothing, but it's not that expensive. www.copyright.gov. Please, please. There's so uh-huh. many people who are, you know, this, with these lawsuits because this one stole that, that one stole this, whatever the case may be. And I ask them all the time when I do these consults, did you copyright your um your material? Well, it's on my computer. No. Did you copyright mm-hmm. it? Well, I printed it out and I mailed the copy to myself. Okay, so that's what we're still talking about in 2020? That was like 50 oh, years ago. <laughs> right. Exactly. And until then now, as of 2019, your assets aren't protected. Your your creative works are not protected unless it's registered because we are in a digital economy. Don't nobody got time to be worried about whether or not the U.S. Postal Office sent something to you. No. <laughs> Mm-mm. You you have to you have to put it out there, you know, out there on virtual Broad Street. This is my ish. If you want a piece of it, if it's a song, then you go to Harry Fox. If you want a piece of it, here is my mailing address. You, we can come out with mm-hmm. some mechanicals. If you want a piece of it, then we can have a publishing deal. You know what I mean? You can license it. Right. So when people start running their business like a business, especially their creative. So can we just have their, just have like their creative economy, creative ecosystem? Yeah, creative ecosystem. Right. So, yeah, let's get people to understand that that brilliance, just like I think it's hypnotic um, publishing, something that's in the U.K., they literally have taken all of the, the, mo- the most popular songs that they can purchase, okay, the mm-hmm. publishing of the most popular songs they can purchase. And the guy, I think his name is um, Nigel, and it was another guy as well, they're pretty much saying that every song is a business. So they have learned mm-hmm. how to monetize every single song into a business. Can you imagine if the creative, especially women, I have a lot of male clients, but given that I had mm-hmm. a, a, a traumatic childhood with my mom, who was a single mom, who lost her voice because of the trauma, who stamped out our voice because she thought she was saving us, you know, I'm always, like, trying to get women to understand and appreciate their value. You know what I mean? When you start mm-hmm. thinking, oh, my God, this book is a business. Oh, this song is a business. This poem is a business. I'm going to pull out the most brilliant pieces of it, and I am going to exploit, because that's what the record company and the publishing companies, we got to get to the point. And I did a, uh, I actually did, I have this, um, it's small, it's not like yours, you know, one day, maybe one day. But one, but right now, it's like my little, my little, Lord forgive me for saying little, it's my podcast called Dear Future Millionaires. And I talked about intellectual property on IP Day, World IP Day. And I talked about how significant it is, but how we reject it, especially I'm an African-American woman, um, because of our history, just the whole idea of intelligence and property, putting it together. It's something inside of us that repels. But we're going to have to stop repelling, and we're going to have to start understanding that our intelligence is property. We're no longer property. We don't have to objectify ourselves. We objectify our music. We objectify our creativity. We objectify our taglines. We objectify our poems. We don't have to objectify our bodies to build our bank. Mm. Wow. 
Oh, my goodness. That is, you know, that is really interesting because, like, with the music part of it, like, going back to what you were saying, how he was saying that it's um, – it's a business and so forth. And what you're saying, how to you're bridging that, bringing those two things together and mm-hmm. looking at it, right? And from your standpoint, what do you see for the future with this same mentality? Well, what I see for the future, I'm a God girl too, praise the Lord. Um, those booty mm-hmm. ratchet, not control, all, delete Christian, but you know, God got me. What I see is when I heard this, um, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm being honest. But um, when I heard about the scripture, Jeremiah 31, 22, it resonated with me so badly, so much, because it's pretty much, he's talking to Israel, but he says her. And anytime it's about a her, I look at it as me. So in Jeremiah 31, 22, pretty much said, how long do you want to waver, oh daughter? I want to do a new thing in you as so new as a woman encircling a man. Well, and then we hear people say that the future is female. Well, I'm telling you, I know that if the future is female, we can't show up as strong. We got to be powerful. We got to be profitable. We got to work our business like a business. We got to own our mm-hmm. assets. We got to leverage our brilliance, right? And then we also have to negotiate yeah. from the place of power. Like, I know, like, a lot of us don't negotiate from a place of power because I didn't. I'm a pretty girl. I thought that I needed a drug dealer. Then I leveled up and thought I needed some athletes. Then I leveled up and thought I needed some business people with with money. So I found myself mm-hmm. being prostituting my brilliance. Okay? Mm-hmm. But we don't have to do that anymore because when you prostitute your brilliance, right. you're giving someone else ownership of the decisions that you make. So they can control all Absolutely. Water me and say, um, say that again, Tony. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we can't we can't do that. We gotta we gotta get to the point where we gotta well, why are we talk about boss, boss up, boss up in heels. I'm helping um brighten with this um another anthology and I talked about how you need to boss up in heels, which essentially is like you gotta build that damn business yourself by owning the power within you. Prince Charming ain't coming. I waited for his assets. They ain't show up. Most of the time, we're waiting for Prince Charming. We're waiting for some validation. We're waiting for our pastor mm-hmm. to breathe on us. We're waiting for some record deal. We're waiting for, quote, unquote, advance, but they're not telling us that they're going to give us advance, but we got to pay it back in little 5% increments. And now with the 360 exactly. deal, it's pretty much like indentured servitude, even worse, share profits. You, but you share your brilliance, right. and they own it. They own it, and they're making more money off of it than you. Okay. Well, at least with the share cropping system, we was at least pimped out because we thought we was going to get somebody else's stuff. But when you share cropping on your own brilliance, how does that sound? Crazy. It sounds crazy. It sounds absurd, ludicrous. It sounds all of those things. Like, what? Where they do that at? That's what we're asking. Like, come on now. We we got to be smarter. Right. It's 2020. Um, you know, right. it is about leveling up and, you know, taking accountability. Um, what might have happened, you know, 10 years ago, that's okay. You know, these are stumbling blocks. Mm-hmm. But right now, yeah. what are you going to do different? What did you learn from it? You can't yeah. keep, you know, going around in circles, pointing the finger. You got to start looking in the mirror and say, you know what? I messed up. But just because I messed mm-hmm. up, I don't have to stay there. 
I got to grow. Yeah, or, I gotta, you, or we messed up because we didn't know. Right. So let me just tell you, if you Absolutely. say, Tom, what, what can we do better? Because even my future millionaire club, this is always, even if people don't join, if you if you are banking your brilliance, if somebody likes your music, your sound, your your words, your book, you know what I mean? Then you gotta oh you gotta be in business. You gotta create formalize that business so at least you can take advantage of over four hundred deductions. You know what I mean? You can hire and fire mm-hmm. at your desire, but you can also think about tomorrow. Because I ask my people, you know, you read about back in the day. You know, I was uh, doing financial planning as well. But now I just know mm-hmm. this stuff, right? So and so right. when I tell people to build their business, I'm like, look, when you build your business, you can also take advantage of those um, of those deductions, including banking some of it, putting some of it away for your retirement. And nobody think about retirement until they get old and cruddy, and then they'd be like, damn, I really do have to eat cat food, huh? <laughs> Why? Because okay. we want to be active. <laughs> You know, so I want them right. to at no, least create a company. Mm-hmm. Stop working with your social security number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is stop this working is with your social stuff, security um, number. This is good stuff for real. Um, before we wrap it up, I do want to let the listeners know how can they stay in the loop with you because you're very, very knowledgeable. Like you have a lot of different things going on, and I think people could definitely benefit from your services. So, how can they stay in touch with you? So, um, on social media, I'm at Tony Moore, T O N I M O R E E S Q, Tony Moore E S Q. And then I made it so easy. My website is also TonyMoreESQ.com. Even Cash App is Tony Moore ESQ. <laughs> It's you know, branding and making it simple, make it simple, make and it branding. simple, right? <laughs> yes, and that will at least lead okay. people. It will at least lead pe- uh, my creatives to the Lawyer Up Challenge. It's a five day challenge. I have a group on social media. It's called the Lawyer Up Challenge, and really, it does hit the five areas that people need to do to boss up in business, right? And it's free. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because people like there you go. So you can't beat three ninety nine because that's something that I'm at least offering. Like at least when I see my holy father one day, hopefully when I'm a hundred, because ninety nine and a half won't do. I'd be like at least offer them the lawyer up challenge. Now whether or not they took it is not on me, because at least it's giving people at least an opportunity to understand the rules that the rules of engagement, you know, and that rules of engagement, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, because if you don't boss up in business, then guess what? Somebody will always nickel and, and, and dine you. That is very true. And on that note, I that, whew, that was a mouthful. But I want to thank you, Tony, so much for coming on to the thank Writer's Life Chat. I welcome you to come back um, with your future projects because, like, you have a lot going on, and I'm just, like, in awe, like, oh, my goodness, this is good. But thank you, and I'm wishing you much, you. much, much continued success. This is awesome, for real. Like, ooh, thank you, you so much. you to talk to new people and, like, they, you know, the, the passion in your voice and the conviction of, like, you know, knowing what you want and you're not going to let anyone stop you. So that point, and, you know, this – Black girl magic, all of this good stuff, all wrapped in mm-hmm. one. So this is perfect, 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 perfect. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You have a good 
an awesome and amazing day. Thank you so much. Same to you. So there you have it. We chatted with Sharon Monet and Tony Moore Esquire. You guys, oh, my goodness, always perfect, 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 perfect times over here with the Writer's Life Chats. I had a great time. I hope you guys um, learned some things. There were some jewels dropped for sure, for sure. So definitely tune back in. Monday nights at 7 p.m. on the Writer's Life Chats. It is the right spot on radio. And so I will see you guys in another two weeks. On the 18th, I will be back. So take care and be safe, everyone. Good night.